SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I don't know what happened with Jordan Speed. I don't know if he got hooked up uh, with a girl. He's lost interest. He's the biggest name at the lowest point. He was one of the best golfers, and it's been a long time. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Monday, November 16th morning, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at uh, 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter or send a tweet, it is at OppositePix, that's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Pix, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, officeofpicks.com, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls again right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday, November 16th. Well, Ajita with the Lions, the perfect 10. 15 million doesn't do as much as it used to. All in the family, near upset in Green Bay. Uh, Brady responds. We're talking about practice. Uh, bad Beats, Hail Murray's, uh, rough time as uh, Wilson gives up. Okay, this is getting stupid. Uh, so somebody wants to move to Brooklyn, as Yogi would say, it's never over until it's over. And uh, check out our trends for this past weekend. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Monday again, November 16th morning. Wow, where, where do you begin this weekend? Uh, I mean, we got football, we got some college basketball, uh, we obviously got the Masters, which got completely, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how it was in your household. I enjoy golf, I'll watch golf, play golf, you know, weekend hacker, typical thing. But I got no qualms sitting down and watching, you know, two, three, four hours of a golf tournament. But the Masters, even the Masters, just, I, I tell you, it was a, it was just a complete afterthought. It's just like, oh, that's right, the Masters is going on. I'm not sure if that's because Dustin DJ was winning by so much heading into Sunday or whether it was really just the NFL. I, I really think it was a product of the NFL, even though there are only five early games. And when you consider the Browns game, think about an out get underway, really only four. But I tell you, golf really just got to sleep in the shadow. But a time to talk about the NFL all coming up right here, ladies and gentlemen. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Touchdown. So the Patriots come out of the locker room and make it look very easy. 
75 yards, four plays. A walk-in play, well-designed right there on that one by Josh McDaniels. NBC Sports with a call last night as the Patriots do pull off an upset in a weekend in which, uh, NFL-wise anyway, there really weren't that many upsets. It's amazing how nearly all the favorites won 10 of the, check that, uh, yeah, 10 of the uh, 12 favorites won yesterday. Uh, the one that, uh, one of the two that didn't was uh, New England uh, knocking off the, the favorite Baltimore Ravens last night, 23-17. As uh, the Pats led from start to finish, opening drive, as you heard there, Big was the bad beats on this uh, Monday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in 13 past the hour, taking you right up until 7 uh, a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, Patriots win at 23-17 as the Ravens fall to 6-3. and Patriots improved to 4-5. and I did not see this one coming. This was a surprise. The only other upset winner uh, was the Giants over the Philadelphia Eagles. And then, oddly enough, the two upsets were even at home. So the home teams were phenomenal yesterday, 11-1. I'll get into the Vegas report here in a little bit, but uh, uh, it's a bad loss for New England, or excuse me, for, for Baltimore. That pretty much hands the division to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> you know, now it's just a matter of them, whether they're going to go undefeated or not. And, and realistically, you know, it's going to be them or, or uh, you know, now uh, Kansas City battling for home field advantage throughout the AFC postseason. So, you know, seven games left and the division is theirs. And what was supposed to be the most competitive division, the AFC North with Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, you weren't really sure what you were going to get out of the Steelers heading into this year. You know, you had the Browns. Figure, people figured that they were going to emerge this season. And uh, you didn't know what you were going to get out of the Bungles with uh, with Joe Burrow. But, you know, in a division that was supposed to be pretty competitive, and while it is, it, it, it really isn't. You know, and now, uh, you know, Pittsburgh has a three-game lead with seven to play unless they really fall apart. They're winning the division and more than likely getting a bye into the first round of the playoffs, uh, if not home field advantage throughout the postseason at this point at their 9-0. So, you know, that we saw the worst, we saw the best and kind of the worst of Lamar Jackson last night if we stayed up and watched the game, in that his numbers weren't horrible. But, you know, what's more surprising, listen, it was it was played in a driving rainstorm, uh, gusty winds, you know, hail, rain, you know, although that, probably not hail, but 50, you know, 50-degree temperatures, pouring rain basically throughout the contest. So it wasn't easy. It, it wasn't. But that said, it's 23-17 to start the fourth quarter. And the Ravens' last three drives, three and out, six and out, and four and out. And that's it. They got one first down in their last three drives. Down only one score, which you would have thought would have been just, you know, ideal for Lamar Jackson. Here you go, kid. Go win us a football game. We're down six points. You know, go get us a touchdown. Uh, you know, get, get the field goal range a couple of times. But... He didn't do anything. You know, like I said, one first down and three drives against the all of a sudden, you know, vaunted New England Patriots defense. You know, the same defense that looked awful the last couple of games uh, has now put back, you know, the same defense that gave up 27 points. Think about this. The same defense that gave up 27 points to the Jets, the Jets last week was uh, all of a sudden world beaters last night against the Baltimore Ravens. Again, albeit in bad weather, but. You put 17 points on the board through three quarters. You think you ought to be able to at least get a drive together in the fourth quarter for Baltimore. And that was not the case. You saw the best of Lamar Jackson in that, you know, the guy did go 24-34 for 249 yards, two touchdown passes for all the people who say he can't throw, can't throw. Did a decent job last night in awful conditions. You know, he ran for only, I'll say, 55 yards. But, you know, that, that's not awful even for him. But... Last drive, I mean, last three drives, nothing. Just absolutely nothing. So, and then the other thing is, I tell you, you don't really appreciate this until it hits home. 
Uh, our guy, Nick Boyle, is out for the rest of the season. Uh, so what you say, right? Well, good old Nicky Quick there, Jr., uh, he's married to my cousin's daughter. I'm still trying to figure out what that makes him. But uh, my, so he married my cousin and my cousin's daughter. So what is it? Second cousin-in-law? I don't know what it is. But uh, he's in the family. So And he blew out his knee last night. Just blew it out. You know, and nothing for nothing. You know, Lamar Jackson is one of those plays where Jackson had no business throwing him the football. He's got three Patriots surrounding him. Soon as he gets the ball, he turns around. He's getting crushed. And his knee got caught in the in the tarp or, the, the, you know, the field. So uh, as he was being hit this way, you know, the, the his foot stuck in the ground. And it was just like an awful bend backwards. Not quite like, uh, you know, Joe Theismann type, you know, but as soon as he went down, you saw the Patriot three players that were surrounding him wave over to the Ravens sideline saying, come on, come on, come on, come help him. And when as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, this is not good. So off he went on a carts and, and, you know, you don't you don't really appreciate that until, it, it, you know, you start analyzing things. And like I said, since he's uh, kind of a part of the Wetzel family here, you know, he just had a, a, a baby. He's, his wife is pregnant again. So now he's going to be laid up and, 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 you know, in bed for I don't know how long with the blowing out knee. So, you know, what's the, the wife going to do? My cousin's daughter. I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, when you see a guy get hurt, it's like, all right, whatever. Go, you know, go to the quarantine and do whatever you have to do. Go, go heal. You know, go do your rehab. Get, get better. No big deal. You're out of my life. But, you know, in this case, it's obviously not. And then you start thinking about what he's going to do and being at home and kids and nagging wife as they all are even though she's in the family but let's face it you know it's a female so you know how that's gonna go so um but yeah that, that's just a wetzel black cloud struck good old nick last night but that was ugly man he just signed a new fat contract too like a six million dollar deal i'm not sure how much was guaranteed but man that, that's uh that, that was tough last night watching that because like I said, it wasn't it was a nasty injury just your leg gets caught and then you, it bends you start bending the wrong way like oh gosh like I said, when I saw the Patriot players just start waving over to the Ravens sidelines, you knew it was trouble. And without a shadow of a doubt, it, it's it's blown out. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. But Baltimore uh, loses 23-17. Uh, so they dropped to 6-3. and three. Now tied with a bunch of other teams at 6-3 and three, uh, in the AFC. And uh, the Patriots keep themselves alive, you know, believe it or not, at 4-5. and five. I did not pencil this one as a win. When I said they would go 6-10 and 10 this year, this is one I penciled as a loss for sure. Very surprised. You know, Cam Newton, nothing spectacular as far as throwing the football is concerned. Uh, you know, he only threw for 118 yards. It's amazing. Lamar throws for 250, basically. Cam throws for a buck 18. And somehow or another, the, the buck 18 was enough to get the job done as uh, Jacoby Myers threw an option pass from the wide receiver spot. That was the difference in the game. So 23-17, uh, New England wins. As far as yesterday and other stuff, it, you know, it, it was an all-chalk weekend, as I mentioned. You know, uh, 10 of the 12 favorites won. The only upset was uh, the Giants knocking off the only other one with the Giants knocking off the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm getting odd you to watch in Detroit. I, I got to tell you, <clears throat> if Matt Patricia doesn't get fired after this year, even in wins, the, watching this team play gives you agita. I, I mean, just you cannot, you can't piss away a lead like the Lions piss away leads every single week. I mean, the worst thing in the world that this team needs to be in is a lead. I, I, it's just remarkable. 24-3 in the third quarter, 
They're cruising. They're at home. They're playing a, just a downtrodden, playing for basically nothing Redskins team, Washington football team, God forbid. Uh, you know, with Alex Smith, who's making his first start basically in two years. Uh, they're doing nothing on offense is Washington. You just score. You go 24-3. to And I, I turned to my daughter, and we had the Lions in our survivor pool. And I said, all right, now, now comes trouble. Now comes trouble because this is when the Lions turn into the Lions. They're up 24-3, third quarter. They're cruising, doing everything right, moving the ball on offense, holding Washington in check on defense. But this is when the Lions become the Lions. And uh, my words could have been more prophetic because that's exactly when things turned around. That's when Washington comes down the field, scores a touchdown to make it 24-10. All right, no big deal. Still got a two-score lead. Three and out go the, the Lions on their next possession. Washington comes right down the field again, scores another touchdown. And now all of a sudden it's 24-17. And my daughter and I were looking at each other saying, we're going to lose this game. We're going to lose this game. We're going to lose this game. The very next possession for the Lions, you know, you figure you get a couple of key, uh, key first downs with about six, seven minutes left. What do they do? First play from scrimmage, offensive holding. First and 20. Right, right, right up, first and 20 right away. They got to punt the football. They give it to the Redskins, and we'll go all the nuances of the game, but the Redskins ultimately come down, and they tie the game at 27. We all know what happened after that, but it's in the board of Detroit Lions. Even in victory, you can't watch a Detroit Lions game without pulling your hair out. It is amazing. My favorite is the Bad Beats as we approach uh, 21 past the hour, 22 past the hour. We'll break down all the game's deck right here on a Monday morning with Scott SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Jones on the keep. And Daniel Jones showing his legs, showing his speed, and Jones into the end zone for the touchdown. Same type of play. This is a zone read. Daniel Jones is going to read the defensive end. He sees the defensive end collapse. That's his tell to run the football. Keep it and go. Now, when he ran that 80 yard in the first one, he was at 22 miles per hour. Right now, he's probably running about... That makes uh, any sense. Bengals and bad beats on this uh, Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Yep, Giants knock off the Eagles 27-17. But that Eagles team, uh, they are, uh, listen, they're in first place, but 3-5-1, and one, as we all know. Giants win, so they're tied for first place in the win column. Uh, but a game and a half back at 3-7, and seven, they played one more game, and it's a loss. Plus, the Eagles have that tie, which really... Uh, at this point, is looking like, uh, for all intents and purposes, that's as good as a win that Philadelphia had, albeit at home against uh, lowly Cincinnati. But still, that gives them that extra half a game edge over the other teams. Uh, Redskins, despite losing yesterday, still only one game back in the win column. And uh, the Cowgirls uh, off yesterday, uh, also just one game back in the win column at 2-7. and seven. So 3-5-1 and one are the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Uh, at this point, really, barring a miracle, the winner of that division will, in fact, finish under 500. You know, your best case scenario is probably, you know, seven, eight, and one with Philadelphia. But do they have five more wins in them? Not after watching them yesterday. I, I tell you that. You know, realistically, you're probably looking at set of seven, eight, and one, six, nine, and one. Six, nine, and one is probably going to win that division and get home field advantage if they play the full season, as I think they will do in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, and listen, if you're a Giant fan, You've now won two in a row. When's the last time that happened? You, you got probably got to go back to the last five years, the last time that's actually happened. Giants win two in a row. They put themselves back into the playoff picture. And I got to tell you, as bad as the NFC is, if the Bears lose tonight, which is possible, albeit at home, well, I think they're going to win, but, you know, they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog. So if they lose tonight, they're five and five. They're sitting in the final playoff spot. So as bad as the NFC least is, the winner is not necessarily that far off from getting into the postseason anyway. Uh, you know, if a 5-5 five and five Bears team is sitting in the final playoff spot as they would be if, in fact, again, they lose, you know, then the Giants and Eagles, as bad as they are, only a game and a half, two games out, you know, with, with seven to play, depending on how many games you play with the buys. So, I mean, it's not like the, the rest of the NFC is running away with things. I mean... Uh, they're keeping the door open, whether it's through the AFC East Division Championship or just keeping it open as a wild card team. I mean, clubs like you know, Minnesota, that's why a lot of people think Minnesota's going to win tonight because, you know, basically their season is on the line. They've won a couple in a row. If they win, they improve to four and five. They drop Chicago to five and four. They'd only be a half a game back out of that last playoff spot. And all of a sudden they're back in it, you know, after seemingly being left for dead just a couple of weeks ago. So, again, you know, as bad as the NFC East leaders are, it's not like everyone else is running. It's not like, you know, six and four or six and three is sitting in the last playoff spot. You know, 500 is going to get you into the postseason in the uh, NFC. Probably won't in the AFC, but in the NFC, I'll tell you what, if you, you give me a 500 record, uh, I would sign up for it right now if the goal is just to make the playoffs, not worry about winning the division. Uh, you know, because I, I think uh, eight and eight is going to get it done, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Detroit, believe it or not, at four and five, whether it's the Vikings. Um, you know, you, you name it, whether it's the Giants, there just aren't that many good teams uh, in the NFC. And you can yell and scream all you want about the NFC West. I, I think it's a bunch of mediocre football teams. I, I really do. Let's face it, Arizona had no business beating Buffalo yesterday. Uh, the Rams, you know, looked great against uh, Seattle, but we've come to play, realize that Seattle's just not that good of a team. Uh, they, they've lost three of their last four. They got no offensive line whatsoever. Their O-line is just atrocious. It has been for years. Uh, and it's seemingly no different this year. The defense actually did a decent job yesterday, even though for the most part it's been brutal this year. So the, don't give me the NFC West. Right now they got three teams at six and three. But after everything is said and done, I, I, I got a feeling that, uh, you know, the final playoff spot is going to be a 500 record because those teams are going to beat each other up. And, and there, there's got to be some team that's going to fall off the wayside. Uh, you got to keep. Well, you don't say this too often. This is two weeks in a row now. We had a good Thursday night game this past week when we had the Colts and Tennessee Titans, you know, playing for the uh, AFC South lead. And this week we got Arizona and Seattle, which at the beginning of the year, you know, they probably figured it would be a halfway decent game. But they obviously got lucky. Uh, you know, NFL was going gaga yesterday. I was watching the highlight shows uh, on NFL Network and, oh, my goodness, they, they couldn't contain themselves because Arizona, not only is Arizona 6-3, and three, but Arizona 6-3 and three after the way they won yesterday, which I'll get to here in a second. And uh, Seattle 6-3, and three, so they got a battle for first place on Thursday night. That's two straight, like I said, two straight Thursdays, which is very rare. 
that we have really must-see, you know, TV games. Not just watch it because it's football, but watch it because, okay, we should have a pretty good game here. It's too bad because I don't like having these key, key games on a Thursday night. I think it's so unfair for the road team. Now, Indianapolis went into Tennessee last Thursday and, and beat the Titans, so it's not impossible, but it is not fair uh, to have Arizona. I, I think the Cardinals are in a real tough spot. I got uh, Seattle's a lot left in my survivor pool, and uh, you know, a pool that, which got to pick two teams. I uh, I like picking. I, I think I'm picking Seattle this week, even, even though they've lost two in a row and three or four. This is a real tough spot for Arizona. You're, I don't think Russell Wilson has lost three in a row. I could be wrong, but I know he's only lost uh, two in a row eight times. I'm guessing he has not lost three in a row. Could be wrong, but if it's occurred, it's only occurred a couple of times, and it's not been with really good football teams like Seattle's supposed to be this year. So for Seattle to lose three in a row, and you get Arizona, which is coming off that emotional, you know, crazy win yesterday, that's, believe it or not, tough. I'd rather bet on the team that lost, i.e. Buffalo, next week than the team that won in those spots. The team that loses is pissed off. They're upset. They can't wait to get back out there. The team that wins is so giddy that they're not worried about this week's game. They're still celebrating how they won last week. Um, so it's, it's strange to say that they wouldn't be prepared for a first-place showdown. But, um, you know, and on paper, Kyler Murray uh, should do very well against that Seattle defense. But I'm just telling you, watching football for the last 40 years, it's the teams that win those crazy games that don't do well. I looked this up one year when I was doing a show uh, in the postseason. If you go back, and look at all the crazy wins, you know, whether it's uh, the Immaculate Reception, whether it's the Broncos against the Browns, you know, whether it's uh, you know, whatever. You, you name all the crazy wins that we've had in the postseason, uh, you know, Minnesota against the Saints a couple of years ago. The team that won those games lost 95% of the time. And I, I picked like 20 I remember it was about 20 or so games that I kind of figured out, okay, last second win, whether it's a field goal. And the crazier the play, the worse they perform. You know, San Diego against the Dolphins many moons ago with Winslow. I'm telling you, you go back in NFL history time, you look at the postseason wins, these crazy wins, that team lost 90, 95% of the time. And I venture to guess if it's not quite at that stat, it's, it's probably pretty similar in the uh, regular season. So overall, a tough, tough, tough spot for, for Arizona. That said, boy, what a crazy. I, I tell you, if, if we didn't learn anything this weekend in the NFL, then it should be as long as Yogi would say it's not over until it's over. As long as there is time left on that clock, then you have a chance. And I know that's very basic and archaic and cliche-ish, but it is true. I mean, you, you go with the, uh, you know, the, the first one, Arizona. I mean, they get the football after Buffalo takes the lead with 34 seconds left. I mean, 34, and they need a touchdown. It's not even like 34 seconds. Okay, let's get into field goal range, and we could try a 55, 60-yarder if we need to, because these kickers these days can boom them, right? And that's not, they needed a touchdown. 34 seconds left. You needed a touchdown. Game's over, right? I mean, this is 1970, 80, 90. Game's over. And not, not only do they get the touchdown, uh, but, you know, but they obviously do it uh, in, in winning fashion with, believe it or not, two seconds left. So, um, you know, because 34 seconds was an eternity for them. Detroit and Washington, right? Washington ties the game with 16 seconds left. I mean, 16 seconds. What could happen in 16 seconds? Now, they only did need a field goal after Washington tied it at 27. But you would think, right, 16 seconds left? 
I mean, if your defense can't stop them from being in field goal range, you know, but this is, I've told you this a thousand times, and I'll, I'll continue to say it every single week. We get a coach that loses a game because he's just not smart. It's as simple as that. And Ron Rivera fills the bill this week. Now, I don't know if they would have won the game in overtime or not, Washington, but, you know, if, if he knows what he's doing, then the game doesn't go to overtime. There's always risk in life, right? You get out of bed, there's a risk. So I'm not going to give you a scenario where it's not anything risky. But Washington with 16 seconds left, you're playing indoors. You got Matt Prater on the other side of the field. So you know this guy can kick a 64-yarder. He, he kicked a 64-yarder in his career. So he can boom him. So you don't got a lot of room to play with, even with 16 seconds left, right? What does Washington do? They kick the ball deep, goes out of the end zone, and Detroit gets the football at their own 25 with no time off the clock. If they don't kick the ball deep, and I'm not talking about squib kicking. I hate that. Just kick the ball freaking deep, right? Just kick it at the goal line. Make sure Detroit has to return it. This way, they use a good four, five, six seconds off the clock. Chances are they're not going to bring it past the 25-yard line anyway. They never do. Maybe they get it to the 30. But point is, there's only going to be about 10 seconds left. And you got one timeout. Chances are at that point, they're just going to take a knee. But what does Washington do? They kick it deep. They give Detroit the full 16 seconds with a timeout. And Detroit, a couple of plays, thanks to a, a bad, dopey, uh, rough in the passer penalty. And, uh, you know, the, the Lions are able to kick the game-winning 59-yard field goal. It, it's little nuances like that, Coach. Don't kick it deep. Make them use the time. Yes, I know you're risking them returning it for a touchdown. I get that. But you got to have faith in your football team. That's why the Redskins are losers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Shotgun. Murray out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray heaves it downfield. It is. Oh, it's caught. It is caught. DeAndre Hopkins. Miraculous. It's Murray magic. CBS with the call, I am Eagle, as the Arizona Cardinals do win at 32-30. Oh, brother, what a game. There's so many angles on this football game to discuss. But I got to tell you, right from the outset, Scott Wetzel sitting in, 41 past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. I am not rooting for the Arizona Cardinals. I, I want the Cardinals more than any other team, more than the hated rival Jets as a Dolphin fan, more than the hated rival Patriots, as a jealous Dolphin fan, more than the first place team that we're trying to catch, Buffalo Bills, as a Dolphin fan. I'd just as soon have those three wins 
than have Arizona win. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again. I don't want college football in the NFL. I love college football, but that is separate. You know, that that's like the, the mistress over here and the wife over here. You try to mix the two, you got nothing but trouble, brother. Absolutely nothing but trouble. And I don't want trouble. I got enough trouble in my life. I don't need to be mixing metaphors here, okay? Why don't I root for Arizona? Because of yesterday's game in a lot of ways. Because I don't want to see Kyle Murray do well. I don't. I got full joy last night watching Lamar Jackson fall apart when they needed the most. I did. I, I really did. Why? Because I don't want to see NFL teams be led by quarterbacks that scramble around. It is just not fair. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not fair for the defense. They got to change the rules. NFL's got to make up their mind. Do they want to make this a running quarterback league? Or do they want to make it a real league? Do they not want to be? If you want to be college football, then continue to tell the defensive players, oh, my God, you can't hit the the quarterback. You know, we had a couple of plays, including in that Lions game, which benefited me because I had the Lions in my survivor pool, where there was a late to Chase Young roughing the passer penalty, which was borderline. He shoved him. He didn't hit him. It wasn't that that late, but they flagged him. Personal foul penalty late hit. You know, we saw it again with the Saints, you know, it with a ridiculous play, which really shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, with Contavia Street sacking Drew Brees, that was not a penalty at all, but they flagged him because they're protecting the quarterback, which is okay if you want to do that. But then you can't allow the quarterback to scramble and run around like Kyler Murray does and like Lamar Jackson does and like a few of these other quarterbacks. My guy even two attacks does, you know, and, and not expect the defensive players to be able to hit them. I mean, God forbid you should touch them and you get a, you get flagged for 15 yards you know, roughing the passer or what have you. But then if you don't hit him, the guy's scrambling all over the place. I mean, Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray and two or three will be as well. I mean, these guys are running around like it's a hot butt, a hot night through butter. I mean, they, because the defense is afraid to touch him because they don't know when the quarterback is going to fall down. If he falls down and you hit him, you're, you're being penalized. You'll be kicked out of the game in some circumstances. It's just not fair. It's, it's not fair to allow these quarterbacks to run around like they do and tell the defense you can't tackle them because they're the quarterback. And when you have that situation, that's what you have. You know, do you really think it's coincidence that, you know, here we sit in, in 2020 that we have all these scrambling quarterbacks? No, it, it's, it's coincidence in that you know, we have these guys that are capable of doing it, but now the NFL is encouraging them to do it because they're not allowing the defensive player to hit these guys. And it's just not fair. And, and forget about even the fairness. I don't want it. I see that Saturday. You know, from noon Eastern time to, you know, midnight uh, Eastern time, and sometimes later than that with the Hawaii games, I see quarterbacks running around all over the place. That's not football to me. I'm sorry. Kyler Murray running around yesterday, and, and listen, he looked fantastic. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying he can't throw, uh, because obviously he showed on that last play. But he's, you know, you tell Kyler Murray you're going to drop back the pass 30 times and win a football game, he's not doing it. You tell Lamar Jackson you're going to drop back the pass 35 times and win a football game, he's not doing it. Sometimes, yes, but for the most part, he's not doing it. They're only winning because they're scrambling all over the place. And, and I just that's not the game I want. I, I don't want it that way. Uh, I'll live with it college football-wise, and I'm okay with it college football-wise. I don't want college football to become NFL football or, and vice versa. I don't want NFL football to become college football. I don't want my quarterback scrambling all around. I don't. Not just because I think he's going to get hurt eventually. That's that's not football. You know, having a quarterback be able to scramble and run for 15, 20 yards like it's no big deal. That, that's not, I don't want that. I just don't want it in the NFL. 
And I'm telling you that as a Dolphin fan, I don't want it with Tua. I, I don't. Now, you give me one game and I need one drive. Do I want him to do it? Yeah, obviously, ultimately, yes. But uh, as the overall picture and theme of things, do I want Arizona to do well with Kyler Murray doing that? No. Listen, I rooted for RG3, and look what happened to him. You know, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, they, it's an endless list of quarterbacks who scramble around and get hurt, and they're, they're no longer the same. Uh, and whether they become, you know, better passers, that's up to them. But eventually, eventually, Lamar Jackson's going to get his bell rung, and he's not going to be able to run the football. Eventually, Kyler Murray's going to get his bell rung, and he's not going to be able to run the football. Eventually, two attacks, he's going to be getting his bell rung, i.e. Dak Prescott, and not be able to run the football. I mean, it, it, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. It's too dangerous. And I, I don't want them to have success thinking they could do this all the time. You're either in the NFL as a quarterback because you can throw or you're not. It's as simple as that. And, and yet, even if you told me they could stay healthy their entire career, I don't want that. I, I, I don't want Kyler Murray scrambling for 15 yards to score a touchdown because he's quicker than the defensive backs. That That's you know, and, and I'll tell you the other thing that's pissing me off with the NFL is this rugby style. I don't want rugby in football either. If the running back is stopped at the line of scrimmage, I don't want five fat offensive linemen getting behind him and pushing him forward. All right? I'm not watching rugby. I don't want rugby. I want NFL. When the play stops, the play stops. That has to stop. The NFL has got to step in and say, all right, no, no more of this stuff. Because that's not really the running back. You know, the play is halted. Defense did a good job. And now we're getting five offensive linemen that are pushing the running back forward. That, that's not fair. That, that's that's not right. Uh, again, that gets to me like a lot of electronic football when you were a kid. You know, the probably the greatest football game of all time, electronic football, right? And, and you'd, you'd put the man there with the football, and he'd end up going in circles, and you'd line him up, and then you'd put two behind him, and then three behind him, and then four behind him, and the defense would do the same thing, and you'd sit there for 10 minutes as the thing is rattling, making this loud noise, and you're barely moving. That That's what this is. I, I, I don't want that either. But ultimately, it's the quarterback. I just, I don't want that. I don't, I don't find that entertaining. Um, you know, just because my quarterback is quicker than the other guys, and ultimately, it, it's we're praising these guys like they're the greatest thing in the world, when in reality, they're not. We're, we're building superstars when we shouldn't. You know, it's like telling LeBron James, okay, you could drive to the basket, and if, if someone stands there, then uh, they're going to get a foul called. Well, kind of, we have that in the NBA, right? bad scenario. Uh, but you know what I mean? If, if someone is, you know, told, okay, drive to the bucket and no one can stop you, well, you're going to drive to the bucket and you're going to look like the greatest thing in the world. When in reality, you know, if someone was able to stop you, uh, then you wouldn't have uh, such success. And that's what the quarterbacks have right now. They're told, you know what, defense can't hit you. They can't hit you. So you might as well run around, you know, because they're afraid to come at you at full strength. They're coming at you at 75% strength because they're afraid you're going to fall to the ground and they're going to hit you and it's going to be a, a penalty. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of Arizona. I, I'm just I'm rooting against them. Nothing personally. Um, now that my guy, uh, you know, my cousin-in-law, Nick Boyle, is out for Baltimore. Now I'm really rooting against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and these guys. I, I just don't want scrambling quarterbacks. I, I just don't. I'll take like a Jake Allen because he throws a lot more than he scrambles. I don't mind a quarterback that has the capability of scrambling. I don't want play calls for my quarterback. You know, it's designed because he's the best athlete on the field. I just, I just don't want that. You know, I, I get that in college. So, and that's what we got. That said, that Hail Mary was phenomenal. I mean, listen, it was a perfect storm. It really was. Uh, you know, Dopey the, DeAndre Hopkins is you know, going on TV talking about how it was I, 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 me against three guys. Listen, he made a nice catch. Don't get me wrong. But what happened was 
one of the defensive backs for Buffalo was out of position. You had one guy behind Hopkins, one guy in front of Hopkins, making a little sandwich there. And the guy in front of Hopkins jumps up. He's all set to knock the ball down. Game over. Buffalo wins. Although there would have been two seconds left, so they could have done it again. And the guy that was out of position comes running over, knocks the guy who's in front of Hopkins off the ball, allowing Hopkins to make the nice catch. And it was a good catch, you know, but but it wasn't like Hopkins out jumping three guys. No. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen the highlight, if you have, take a look at it closely. You'll see the guy that was playing center field, the safety. He was out of position. He runs over, trying to make a play. And he ends up knocking the other guy off the ball. And that allowed Hopkins to make the reception. Touchdown, Arizona, 32-30. So, great. I mean, I tell you, again, what we learned is if there's any time left on the clock, 34 seconds left in this one, 16 seconds left in the Lions game. I don't know if Buffalo did necessarily anything wrong. Uh, they played their wide receivers back or their defensive backs back. The only thing they really did was just they didn't make a play. You know, you can cover it as well as you can be expected to cover it, but you still have to ultimately make a play. And they failed to make a play because the one defensive guy was a little bit out of position and he knocked his own guy to the ground. And that allowed the Hopkins to make the 43-yard touchdown reception. And then Arizona wins it. And then Arizona, listen, we had two smart plays yesterday, although one really is getting a little bit overshadowed. Uh, first, the smart play that didn't get overshadowed and, and shouldn't have. Arizona decides to take a knee on the extra point. Why? Because in the NFL, now you can block the extra point and return it for two points. So since they're up two, um, you know, why risk getting that extra point blocked and having Buffalo return it to tie the game at 32? Well, well you're allowing yourself to kick a field goal. Yeah, you are, but there's two seconds left. So, uh, you know, there's just no chance in the world Buffalo is going to be able to get in field goal range with two seconds left. So they don't, whether they're up two, three, four, five, whatever, uh, it didn't matter. So I'll give uh, Kingsbury, you know, credit for for knowing the rules and saying, all right, you know what? This crazy of a game, just take a freaking day and we'll, uh, we'll win this one 32 30. So what's the big concern? Well, the point spread was two and a half. So you talk about bad beats. Here we are, Bagels and Bad Beats. Uh, they kick the extra point, and uh, Arizona wins by three. You're laying two and a half. You win. You do the smart thing, as they did. You take a knee, and they win by two, and Buffalo covers. That's a tough one. That, that's You know, you can count on one hand. I mean, it happens, but you can count on one hand how many times you're laying two and a half, and the team wins but doesn't cover the spread. And, you know, that that's uh, those are the nuances of the game. You know, it was a smart play. You know, why risk it? You're, you're gaining absolutely nothing. You know, the only thing you're doing is allowing Buffalo a chance uh, to, to block that thing and, and return it for two points. I mean, you can count on one hand how many times you've seen that happen, but it has happened before. I remember a Saints game a couple of years ago uh, where that occurred. So that's a tough beat. You, you think, you know, you think you've won, then Buffalo scores, you think you lost, then you win the game, you think you won, and then they decide not to go for the extra point, and uh, you, you lose. Now, they could have gone for two and just ran the ball. They, they could have done that, right? But they didn't even take that chance. And I don't think – I could be wrong. I, I got to double-check the rules. But I think if you go for two and you, you can't return it for a touchdown and get two points, I think – I'm not positive, but I think that only accounts to uh, extra points for, for one-point tries, not two-point tries. Uh, and, and then the other one is that Cleveland with Nick Chubb, 
There's Cleveland trying to run out the game, right? You know, leading to 10-7, uh, less than a minute left, third and three. Big, big play, and Chubb runs down the field. Looks like he's going to run for a 70-yard touchdown. He decides to uh, not score. Why? Because, you know, why allow Houston an opportunity? That's the only way they're going to win the game if they score onside's kick and score again. So smart play, right? No, not a smart play. Dumb play. Really dumb play. Why? Not just for betters, not just for fantasy football players, but I'll tell you why when we come back. You know, smart is nice, but dumb is even dumber than smart is smart. I'll explain to you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Coming on, Joe Judge. Here is Chubb going outside, one won't go out of bounds, and he does it, and he may go all the way, and he does. No flags are down, and Chubb he ran out of bounds goes there. out of bounds at the one-yard line. I'm not even giving you, giving you an extra chance. We're just going to take a knee, and the game's over. Oh, yeah, Browns Radio Network with the call. All the great Nick Chubb, all the super smart Nick Chubb. Oh, boy, putting team over I, the great Nick Chubb. Oh, yes, uh, being lauded as the the team player, right? Okay, Mr. Smart Guy, he's going to outwit them all. I'm not going to score with a minute left because if I do that, even though we're going up two scores, we're going to give Houston the football back. And, again, the only chance that they have to win this game is if they score, do an onside kick and score again. Chances are remote with a minute left, but you never know. That's the only opportunity they have. So Chubb does the smart thing he's being billed as, the wise guy, the smart guy. You know, being better than everyone else, he's going to run out of bounds and not score. So what's the problem, Scott? Leave him alone. Well, the problem is, if you're that smart enough not to score, how come you're not smart enough to stay in bounds, <laughs> right? I mean, if you, if you have the foresight of knowing that if you score, you're giving Houston the only opportunity they have to win the game, then why wouldn't you be smart enough to fall down at the one and not go out of bounds? This way, you only have to snap the football one time, take one knee. But in this case, because he went out of bounds with 55 or 57 seconds left, they had to take two knees. Now, I know that's dumb. Who cares? Got to take two knees, game over, right? I, I understand that. But if you're smart enough, to know not to score, then how come you're not smart enough to know to stay in bounds? That, that's my only question. So, I mean, all these people today with the Browns, oh, Nick is so smart, he's smart, he's smart, he's smart. No, he's not. He's a dope. If he was really smart, he would have stayed in bounds. You don't go out of bounds. You don't stop the clock. You know, whether there's a minute left or 50 seconds left or whatever the case may be, stay in bounds. Keep the clock rolling. Game over. Oh, yeah, you know, there's, you know, if you're smart enough to realize you shouldn't be scoring there, then how come you're not smart enough to know you should be staying in bounds? That, that's what. Just don't tell me about how smart Nick Jones is. He's not. He's just cool. All right, maybe it's a bad beat. One hour to book a lot. We got hour number two coming up.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 